morning out of uh, Isaiah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebased, nor did I turn away. You may be seated. I'm going to act. You just said this, and I want you to this morning listen intently for verse 5. The Lord God had opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I commend you this morning to listen with an open ear and not be rebellious against the Word of God. And I had a real catchy uh, title for my message. It was originally going to be, and I, I didn't use it, and they'll probably want to cut that one out anyway. It was originally going to be, don't let your butt get in the way. But I didn't feel that was an appropriate message to do, but I was talking about the B-U-T, not the other one. Don't let, because a lot of times we say, but, and then we get into trouble. It's what we say, after, we say the great things, and then we say, but, and then we say the stuff after it that takes away everything that's in front of it. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So, didn't do that one, so I changed it to something a little more um, becoming, and I got this one from Sister Angela. Uh, when she said a message the other day, I think the Lord brought it back to my remembrance. It says, becoming your own speech therapist. I wanted to be professional in my presentation this morning, so we're going to become speech therapist. Now, everybody know. well, I assume everybody knows what a speech therapist is. A uh, speech therapist is a, if a person loses, maybe through a stroke or through some kind of condition, they lose their ability to be able to speak. So they're given a speech therapist, and a speech therapist works with them to be able to help them to learn to speak again. Usually they've already spoken before, but teaching them again how to speak. And I would like to associate this morning of the fact that we need to become speech therapists in our own lives because we had a language before we got saved that we bring into our, our relationship with the Lord and we cannot continue to speak the same way that we spoke before. We need a speech therapist to teach us how to now speak the way that God wants us to speak. Now, Pastor Goodluck and Pastor Angela has preached, and we've even had a couple of teachers on Wednesday night that has talked about speaking the tongue, talking about positive confession, say the word, all this type of stuff. And, and, and you say, well, are you going to get up there and say the same things? No, I want to hit it from a different perspective altogether, Okay. And that is, is, is looking at it from a, from a different standpoint. Not, we all know that we're supposed to speak the Word. How many of you know you're supposed to speak the Word, right? Not the problems, we speak the Word. We all understand that, right? That's important, right? So, but just as a child learns to speak, how do they learn to speak? They learn to speak by listening, okay, observing, and trying to imitate what others are saying around them, okay? And over a period of time, they begin to speak. And they will grow up speaking the language of those around them. A child raised in a, in a, in a, in a, in a home in America where the English language is in that home will learn to speak what language? English. If you are from a Spanish-speaking country, a child will learn to speak what language? 
Spanish because that's the language that they observe, they listen to, and they associate. They hear a word, they see what you do, they associate it together, and they come back with bottle, okay? In whatever language it is, won't bottle, okay? Uh, or eat, whatever the case may be. So it's important for the things to understand that also they speak just like them. They use the same slang words. They say all the bad words. I know no one has ever been embarrassed by their child saying some bad expression in a meeting where someone in, they come up and say, you're a witch. I am. Well, that's what mama said you were. Okay? Kids listen, right? Well, the same thing is we have grown up with a language. Some people have bilinguals in their home, and what, has, what happens in a bilingual home? The kids learn what? Two languages, right? If you speak two languages, they learn to associate the language, right? And so they learn both languages. Well, we speak, but all these slang words, bad words, but also good words, but they will speak what they have heard. We are no different. We speak what we heard, okay? Both good and bad, okay? Now, we as Christians have lived and learned from those who have, we've been associated with, and we speak what we've heard from them and what we've learned. Now, how many of you know that we have learned to speak bad things? Anybody here who wants to try to figure out how to say something bad, they don't need anybody to tell them. They've heard it before. If you haven't heard it from family, you've heard it on your job. There's some people that have such a limited vocabulary, they speak in four-letter words. That's all they know to speak. I had a person that used to speak around me that just about every third word was a bad word. Okay? And I had to live with that every day. And I finally went to him and I finally said, Listen, I've put up with this for years. It's time to stop. You know? He said, Well, that's just the way I talk. I said, well, I don't like it, and it offends me. Back in those days, that didn't mean a hill of beans. That's a southern expression. That means it didn't mean anything for all of you in Africa. Okay? Over here, everybody knows what a hill of beans is. But anyway, it didn't matter back in those days. He continued to do what he wanted to do. Nowadays, they get offended because I talk good things. Not bad things, but I do good things that people get offended. So, anyway. So, even though we've heard the good word and we hear the good word all the time, we don't hear good words all the time. And so, therefore, we pick up word habits. And we need a speech therapist to be able to teach us how to correct our speech so that it is appropriate and what God's word tells us we're to speak. Okay? Now... We get into it later. Some people say, how do I become my own speech therapist? You can't become it by yourself. That's where you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to guide you and direct you. But there's a very important part of that. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. You have to listen to what the Word of God says. You have to live and walk what the Word of God says. And there's a lot of people that don't realize that they say more bad things during a day than they say good. They have more complaining than they have praising or 
blessings don't have as many blessings as they have cursings in their life. So we all know that we are to speak God's word and not our problems. We all understand that, right? I don't want to, that's not that's another message, and I'm not going to preach that message. But we all have to know that that we have to speak God's word and not our problems. But we are guilty of speaking against the word of God. You can speak as Pastor Goodluck and Pastor Angela and some of the others have taught. We know what we're supposed to say. We're supposed to say the Word of God, right? It's important to understand that we say the Word of God, but it's also just as important that you don't speak against the Word of God, okay? And so many people are so keen to saying the Word, and then they say the Word, but then they, but, and then they change it and they say something else, all right? So, we are not, in, in James it talks about, do not stumble in the word, okay? We understand here that James is talking to Christians, not the unsaved, okay? Now, also because we're studying the book of James in, in teaching this morning, and that's the reason it was very difficult for me to keep that and this because these two are all tied together, okay? But it was hard to keep them separate, and that's the reason I was walking away from some stuff this morning. But the fact is, is we know that James was the brother of Jesus, and so, therefore, he saw Jesus talk and learn from Jesus how to talk his whole life. Now, he had other influences, just as Jesus did, but Jesus didn't change his way of speaking. And James heard how Jesus spoke. He saw how he lived. He did everything. And when he tells us, what's the first thing he talks about? The tongue. It's the most deadly weapon that we have. That we're working. God gave us two ears to hear, two eyes to see, and two nostrils to breathe, and one mouth to get in trouble. Okay? But let's look at, look at James 3 here. Okay? James 3. It's a very familiar scripture, and I hope that I can share some things from it that I believe that many people misunderstand. By our words, we control the whole body. That's what this whole basis is about. It says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn and we turn their whole body. So, we a horse bit. We got into G and Ha last week. I don't know how it came up, but somebody was talking about G and Ha last week. I walked behind my my grandfather with a plow, with the mule, and he let me stand between him and I held on to the middle bar, and he held on to the other one, and I helped. My grandfather plowed. And he would get to the end of the road. He'd say, yee, ha! He'd get that horse, that mule to turn around. But no matter how much he jeed and hawed him and got him through it, it was important that that mule or that horse that he was done, they kept that head down and they looked straight ahead because the way they walked was the way that road was going to be. And they had to do it. And you could do real good until the end of the day or lunchtime when the bell rang, when Granny would ring the big bell and everybody in the field would come in, as soon as that bell rang, that horse, horse or mule stopped by training. I knew it was time to stop. He didn't care if he was halfway on a row or what. That mule or that horse was not going a step further. So you'd have to just unhook them, walk them back to the house, let them get some rest and stuff while you eat, whatever. But the thing about it is there was somebody controlling my, my grandfather was controlling that 
horse or mule, we'll just say horse right now, horse, and keeping that horse straight so that the line was straight, okay? We have to have the, and you make it go this way or you make it go this way, right? Because the bridle was what was turning that head back and forth. Well, the tongue is the same way in our lives. It says, look at the ships. It talks about the large ship driven by four winds, turned by, every, by a small rudder. The rudder on a ship, we saw this big old tanker. We were, my wife and I went this week. I've never seen it. I've seen the tankers that are low, but I've never seen the tankers that were like big. And just realize that this huge tanker that takes up multiple football fields has a very small rudder that actually makes that thing go where it wants it to go in comparison to the size. So anyway, and the tongue going down to um, uh, verse 5, it says, Even the tongue is little and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, of wor- a world of iniquity. That's pretty powerful. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Now, everybody wants to take that scripture and talk about well, people talking in the church and it's causing, it's causing it to defile the body. That, well, that's, that's, that's true. You could use that text if you want to. But he's talking about this body. He's not talking about the church body. He's talking about this body. When he, because he's talking, he, he says about the tongue and the church, whatever. He says, says here, um, but the tongue is among the raven and defiles the whole body and sets on fire. And here's the key. Sets on fire the course of nature. The tongue turns on the course of nature. So many times we say that this thing just happened as a course of nature. It says here that the tongue sets forth the course of nature, which says, says that the tongue itself can turn us to the good or it can turn us to the evil. And everybody understands, you know, good and evil, right? But most, a lot of people don't understand, and we're going to talk about it, understand what evil words are. Because if I ask somebody, if I ask somebody, what is cursing? What are people going to say? If I say, we're not to curse, most people say, would respond, if you're, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but most people, I think, would respond, we're not supposed to use God's name in vain. That's what we consider to be cursing. But we're going to, we're going to talk about what it really is. When it talks about what's evil, what's evil words, we're going to talk about what those evil words are because I don't think a lot of people understand what they really truly are. But no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. That means there has to be something. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Father, our God and Father, and with it we curse men. So he's not talking to the unchurched here. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the Christian people, right? So he says, And we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth portraying blessings and cursings. Blessings and cursings. Blessings on one side. Cursing on the other. So what do you think cursing is? Anything that's not blessings. The other side of it, right? I mean, it's, it's completely So it's not just saying God's name in vain, which is wrong. I understand that. But what I'm saying is it's more than that. It's the words that are coming out of our mouth that are not blessings and not doing the things that blessings are to do in our life. And that's the promises of God. When we don't speak the promises, then we're speaking against the promises. 
You can't, you can't talk both ways and expect to walk in a straight line. A little bit of negative and a little bit of positive does not make a straight line. Okay? It doesn't. If a horse is going to go to the right, he goes to the right. It doesn't make the line straight just because you pull him back. Because when you go through the line, if that happens, what happens? If the horse goes to the right, you pull him back to the left, he goes to the left. You don't have a straight line. You have one that does this. You can't walk a straight line by saying some good and some evil. Straight lines are what when you walk right straight with the Word of God, walking in it and keeping a straight line in the blessings of God and walking in what God, God's Word is here. Okay? You can't go one way. You can't go one way or the other. Okay? It's always, cursing is to speak against God's ways or God's laws is the way to look at it. So, does a spring spring forth well we understand it? So I want to move on because I don't want to get tied up here. Paul says in Ephesians 4.29, okay, that no corrupt word should proceed out of our mouth. Now, corrupt words, it's one word, corrupt. What does corrupt? If you look at it, corrupt means rotten. Worthless, literal or uh, worthless, either literal or moral, just bad. So we don't like to think that we, most people don't like to think that we say bad words. Because our terminology of bad words might be, I don't want to say them, but we know what they are, the four-letter words and whatever, those are bad words, right? I don't say those words, so I don't say bad words. That's not all the bad words there are. And I'll have to be just a four-letter word to be bad, okay? There are bad words because bad words goes to anything that goes against God's Word. His is the good words that go with God and the bad words that goes against God. So we can't say that we don't say bad words just because we don't say four-letter words. We may be saying bad words because we're not saying what God's Word tells us to say, which was what we've been, well, what we've been talking about. But it's, but it's very important to understand that, right? And Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no uh, let crub uh, proceed out of our mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. Okay? What is necessary for edification? Okay? Now, verse 31, Paul says, To put evil speaking away from you. Okay? In 31, verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, evil here is blasphemous, vilification, especially against God, and railings. Okay? So, even these evil words speak against God's Word. Okay? Any evil word speaks against God's Word. And it's important for us to learn as a speech therapist to learn through the Holy Spirit to correct our bad speech and turn that bad speech into good speech, okay? And it's a process in which we do. Now, a lot of people have a lot of reasons for it, but I like to talk, just to say, just to bring a point here, about emotional speaking. Anybody know what emotional speaking is? Everybody understand what emotion is? What is our soul, our, what? It's part of my, soul, all that thing that happens inside of us, right? An emotional side of us, that soul inside of us, emotional speaking can get us into big trouble. Okay? So what happens when we get emotional? Okay? We say things in anger that we wish we could take back once we said them. It's kind of like pressing the toothpaste. It comes out, but you can't get it back in. So that means you have to deal with what's come out. Okay? 
You can't put it back in the thing because it's already said. Can you do something with it? Yeah, we'll talk about that later, how you have to overcome that. But we say things when we're angry, things when we are frustrated. We get frustrated with something, it's just, right? Just, just coming out of us when we get frustrated. When we get discouraged, all oh, things are just... Things are just worse than it's ever been. I, I don't think it's getting worse than it is right now. I, God, you've got to do something. But, but you know, and we just get down. The things that we say when we're depressed and the things that we say when we're in pain, both physically and emotionally. When we're in pain, many times we say things that says everything against God's Word, but yet on the one side of us we're trying to believe God for something and then talking against it in the next breath. We have to bring this stuff under control. Then there's the special circumstances. Now, everybody here has had a special circumstance in your life, okay? And you said things because it was just a special circumstance. Everybody knows what a special circumstance is. I know what God's Word says, but my situation is different. You're not walking where I'm walking. You don't understand where I am, and it's different. I know what the Word says, but it's just different. God's Word is for the other people, not for me. I'm special, and I'm above the Word. That's not what you say, but that's what you are saying. I'm special, so I have a special circumstance here. Don't judge me by what I say. I'm special. I can say this because I'm strong in the Lord. No, you're saying it because you're not strong in the Lord. Okay? God is not going to rewrite the Word of God to meet your situation. And I say that a lot to young people today a lot because one of the biggest complaints with young people today, and I know it was a complaint that you made because it's the same complaint I made when I was your age, okay? That word was written so long ago, it's just not relevant today. I tried it. I know kids try it. They say, well, it's just, it's just too hard to live that way. Yeah, it is hard. But that doesn't mean it's right to live the wrong way. Okay? So the thing about but the thing, but we want to look and say, well, God needs to rewrite the Bible so that it takes into consideration. You know, we have iPhones now. We're, 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 we don't need this. That's another message. Anyway, okay. But the but gets in the way of God. It's word. And we are speaking against God's Word. So, knowing that we should not speak them is one thing. Not speaking them to knowing not to do it is one thing. But, can speaking this way harm us? That's the whole key. Yeah, we know we do it, but do we know if it harms us or not? Now, a lot of people would say, well, there's no harm because I'm under the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm saved by grace and I walk in God's mercy. God bless you. Go and live your life the way you live in it, and you're still going to have the same problems when you leave here that you came with, okay? The thing about it is God has a way for us to live, and when we don't follow what God's Word says, it can harm us. Matthew 15, 17 through 20. Do not, now, do not, you do not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Okay? 
They come from the heart, and that's what defiles a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things that defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Now, that doesn't mean you're not supposed to wash your hands before you eat, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that we have to do that. But he's saying that that's not what defiles a man. It's what comes out of a man's mouth that defiles him. Now, if you look at that uh, verse 19 in the Amplified, I like what it says. But it says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, reasonings, and disputing, and designs. I like the word reasoning. Many times we reason wrong. Everybody knows for a fact that 2 plus 2 is 4. 2 plus 2 is 4. It, it's not going to change. It's, an, it's a fact. It's, that's just what it is. But people can take one thing and another thing and between the two things reason and come up with what the reasoning is. And that reasoning can be wrong. And they can be looked, because reasoning is something that God gave us the ability. Sometimes I wish God didn't give us the ability to reason. He would just tell us what to do and we just do it. We don't have to reason it to reason. But because we reason, many times we reason out. And then we begin to justify by reasoning, begin to justify what we're doing, what we're saying as being okay because we have justified it in our minds. It hasn't been justified with God, but it's been justified in our mind because we've reasoned it together and we've reasoned all this stuff and it comes out with the wrong thing. So there were... It goes on to say, such as murder, adultery, uh, sexual uh, things. But the last part is irreverent speech. Irreverent speech. What is reverent speech? To follow and to revere after and to revere that speech, right? We're to, we're to, to revere God. Irreverent speech means that you would be speaking something that is irreverent, something that is not what God would want you to do, that irreverent speech. <coughs> Excuse me. Proverbs 18. So it says here, Greek, the Greek word for defile here means, defile means to make unclean, pollute, desecrate, and regards as unclean. So we understand what defile means. It makes us unclean in that. So it says that our speech can make our bodies defiled. This body defiled. Now we say, yeah, well, this is our flesh. Yes, it is. But this means that there's something that controls this. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21 says, A man's moral self, sadly amplified, a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. The man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, and with the consequence of his words, he must be satisfied, whether good or or evil. We must be satisfied with the words that proceed out of our mouth. Whether they're good or evil, man must, because we have to be, the consequence that comes, we have to take it because we've said it. Good or evil. Not just good, but it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who indulge in it, in what? The tongue, shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. God put a tremendous amount, and I'm not going to get into that message because it's already been preached, a lot of power in what we say. He's created the heavens and the earth on what we say, and it's important that we understand that. But somehow, 
So, how do we become our own speech therapist? And I'm going to see if I can get this thing finished here. Stay with me. So, how do we become our own speech therapist? Okay? So, how do we correct this issue? Now, we know what the issue is now. So, how do we correct it? Okay? All right? So, first of all, we have to realize, okay, uh, that the correct... Uh, so we have to, we know what we, what are we wanting to correct? We're wanting to correct the words from our mouth that work against the Word of God in our lives. It was working against us in our lives, okay? So you cannot change your speech alone. It takes the help of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, the first thing to do, get it, okay? Speech re. Speech change requires a heart change. We'll get into that in a second. You have to control what is going on in your heart, your spirit mind. God's Word cannot be just intellectual, just knowing what the Word says. I talked about that in class this morning. Now you can see why I tried to stay away from a lot of this this morning, if you were here. Intellectual, where I know what the Word is, I... I understand what the Word is, but it never takes action in our life. It's only intellectual knowledge. It cannot just be intellectual, but has to be written in our heart by trusting the Word and by not just knowing the words, but using the words. In other words, we have to learn to trust God in every situation, in everything that we do. Now, Matthew twelve thirty four. You brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? Out of the abundance of the heart. Now, there's another message that I could preach, but I'm not, about how do you change what's in your heart? If out of your abundance you speak, how do you change the things in your heart to what's good and what's abundant in your heart is good and not what's bad in your heart through abundance. Because a lot of people still have an abundance of bad in their heart instead of an abundance of good. Now, I noticed I'm not getting a lot of amens this morning. I didn't expect any, okay? All right? I understand that. These are the ones that, uh, these are the ones that you let people like me preach, and that way you can just me, okay? Anyway. But... It's what's in the heart. So, believe it or not, in Proverbs, it even teaches in Proverbs that the way that we write upon the table of the heart is with our mouth. It says the, 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 the pen of a red writer, the pen is what writes on the tables of the heart. So, we put into our heart what we say. Just as what things are said goes into us, into this part of our mind, Also, things go into our heart because if it's down here and it comes out of your mouth, then that means it's of your abundance. Because if it were not of your abundance, it wouldn't be there. Now, I'm preaching to all those people I'm pointing at. And I've got three of them at me. Okay? I've got these three pointing back at me. Because we all live with this. This is not a rebuke. It's reality. We have to learn how we have to combat Satan and the ways in which he uses it that we don't understand the problem with it. This whole message is about understanding where we are and understanding how we can change the way we are to make things better in our lives. 
It's not to sit here and say, oh, you bad guy, you bad guy. That's not what it's about. It's about learning. It's about knowledge. It's about understanding. Many people have knowledge, but they don't have the understanding. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have understanding, you can't even apply the knowledge that you know. And sometimes you know how to apply it, but you don't know when to apply it, which is wisdom. So you have all the knowledge, you have all the understanding, but then you use it at the wrong time and causes problems. It all comes down to understanding God's Word and understanding how these things work. And he, in the Scriptures, I had to cut, I don't know how many Scriptures out of this, and I probably still won't get to all the Scriptures today because there's so many because it is such a powerful part of our life and it's something that's so important from the positive aspects that, that our pastors have been talking about. But there's also the negative impact of the same words that come out of our mouth. We can have positive things happen, but we can have negative things that cause negative things to happen in our lives. And as I said sometimes in my Sunday school class, is the fact that sometimes sin is the same way. Sin is the same way because sometimes we open up and do things that get us into situations because we choose to get into a situation make a wrong choice. And now we have to figure out how we're going to get out of that situation, right? But it says, but a good man out of a good treasure of his heart, okay, know what he was, a good man out of a good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. Good treasure in the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of an evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, people say, I'm not evil. I'm a child of God. If evil is down here, <laughs> it's going to come out. And I don't mean evil by God's name. I'm talking about the words that go against, that speaks against God's word. If those words are in you, those doubts, that's all they are, these doubts that are in God's word, if those doubts come out, you have just canceled the good. Now, people don't like to hear that. I'm sorry. We don't like to hear that we have responsibility and accountability God in His Word. We have to be accountable for everything that we do. I'm accountable. Am I perfect? No. None of us are perfect. But that doesn't mean we can't keep launching and keep trying to become perfect in what we do. We should get better and better and better every day at being able to communicate our feelings and what we have with God and matching it up to God's Word. It's there. It's got to be there. Okay? Now, it says, but, but I say unto you, this is the one that got me probably 30 years ago or more. I was preaching on evil words and good words. And I was doing great at it. I mean, I could tell people, this is evil, this over here, and this is good over here, you got to do this, got to do this. But this one got me. This scripture got me. And it put me, it actually delayed me from preaching a message for at least a week, and it might have been two weeks, because once I read this scripture, I couldn't preach the other word. I couldn't preach it until I understood it. But it says, But I say unto you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give account in the day of judgment. And when I read that, I did one big whoop. Where do I go with that? Now God says he's going to judge the good. He's going to judge the evil. Now he says he's going to judge my idle words. And I didn't even know what my idle words were. It says, for by your words you will be justified. By your words you will be condemned. Okay? Now, idle, the Greek word for idle means... Idle, of course, lazy, thoughtless, unprofitable, injurious, useless. 
lazy, thoughtlessness, unprofitable, injurious, or useless. So he says he's going to judge all of our words that are idle, that are lazy words, where we don't want to just, I just give up. The lazy things, the thoughtless words that we say, the unprofitable words. Every word that is unprofitable means it didn't gain us anything. Okay? But an idle word also is that which goes against that which is good because idle and evil get you, don't get you to good. Idle will be judged, evil will be judged, and good. We want more of the good than the idols and the, the evil that's there. Okay? Now, we all want the blessings of God in our lives and to have all, how many of you want all the promises that God has to make for us? We want as many of the promises as we can get, right? We want all these promises. But many times our incorrect, bad speech keeps the blessings and the promises away. So we must, I want to leave you with this because I got running out of time quick. We have to learn to guard our mouths. And I've said all of this and some of the scriptures that I've given you say, well, I don't go along with the negative side of this, okay? I want to leave you with these few scriptures. I'm going to just read them, and then we're going to close, okay? James 1, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Many times we respond to what we hear quickly and what we respond to quickly is not something we thought about. We didn't search it. We quickly responded. Sometimes our quick responses are not the right response. Many, I will say most of the time, they are the wrong response, and we want to take them back. Proverbs twenty nine twenty. Do you see that a man's hasty in his words? In other words, here we're talking about one speak slow, like slow to speak. He said here, he said, do you see a man hasty in his words? You can find somebody that's really quick and hasty to speak and to do things. There is more hope for a fool than him. That's pretty tough when you look at it, okay? Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. God's saying if you can control what comes out of here, you control a lot of troubles in your life because we bring a lot of our own troubles with what comes out of our mouth, okay? James 1.26, that first word, if, I circle that on mine here because that's one of my favorite words in Scripture. If anyone among you thinks that he is religious, I'm religious, I'm, okay, religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. Who deceives his heart? God? No. It doesn't say that. If you don't control what you say, you're deceiving yourself. That's not my words, folks. Don't get mad at me. That's not my words. I say what pastor said. That's just what the Word of God says. The Word of God. And that's where we need to live that. But deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. That's hard. I don't know if you have a problem with that verse, but I do. (laughs) 
And then 1 Peter 3.10. For he, for he who would love life and see good days. How many of you want to see good days? All right. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. What is deceit? That which is wrong. And we speak. And that's when we speak deceit. We speak those things which go contrary to what the Word of God says. So, we must correct our speech so that we do not speak against God's Word, His blessings or His promises. Now, with all of that said, it can become very discouraging if you're way down here in your speech therapy class. Okay? If you've really got a problem with speech, you may be discouraged today, but I'm going to encourage you. You know what the problem is now. If you know what the problem is, what are we to do? Work at correcting the problem. Right? Start correcting the problem. Are you going to be perfect? No. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes. But still, do it. But when you start saying negative things, remember, God gave us the power to bind and to loose. Right? If you get into one of those things and you do it, don't leave those words out there to affect you. Bind those words that you said. Lord, I said that, but I didn't mean that. That was out of my emotion right now, and I choose to bind that, and now I'm going to, and then correct it to what you want it to happen. It's not a losing battle. It's a recognition problem, not, a, not the ability to overcome the problem. We can overcome any problem as long as we recognize the problem and know what we have to do to take that problem and turn it around for good. That's anything. That's sin. That's anything. When you do sin, you repent of sin, and then you turn to righteousness. You turn and do the things right. This is no different than any other thing that you have to deal with. It's because we don't recognize it. All I wanted to do this morning was give us recognition to recognizing where the problem is. And now, whether your problem is this big or whether your problem is this big, it doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum. We all know we have the problem, whether it's this much problem or whether it's this much of a problem. It's still a problem, right? It's still a problem no matter which way you look at it, right? So the thing about it, I want all of you, me included, okay, I want all of us to think about what we say. Be slow to speak, but quick to hear. Slow to speak and monitor our words. I would tell husbands and wives to monitor each other, but I don't want to do any marital counseling anytime soon. So I know that uh, there's a little saying that uh, I, I know this because uh, it was used by somebody that I know very dearly and very closely, that when somebody would say something wrong, and this might be appropriate today with our new council, council culture that we have today, is when the, the spouse or the child or whatever would say something wrong, they would, against the Word of God, they would just say, cancel, cancel. <laughs> cancel, cancel. But it was a cancel, cancel. Pretty soon, the whole conversation was cancel, 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 cancel. When people get mad, that's about how fast it would be. We would be saying cancel, 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 cancel. But the thing about it, we need to cancel out our speech. We're being fed words every day. 
that they're wanting to put in our hearts and they're wanting us to speak those words and those words don't need to be in us. And we need to recognize that. There is a cancel culture out there. We need to cancel out that culture and quit listening to that culture and realize that God's Word is His truth. If we say what, we, say what God's Word says, we are saying the truth, and the truth is where our victory is. Be cautious in what we say. Be vigilant in what you say. Understand what you're saying. Take it to heart and understand. And when you say it, catch it. Get it canceled. And we know how to cancel it. We bind it, okay? That's how we have to do it. So I said all of the stuff about the problem, and we talked about the whole message of the problem, but the whole idea was to get to the last point is, folks, we know it now. All we have to do now is work at changing it and become accountable to God for every word because even though we don't think we may be accountable, God says we will be held accountable for every word that we say. Okay? If God says he's going to make every word accountable, that means it's important to him or he wouldn't have said it. Okay? So my question to you today is, with the help of the Holy Spirit, are you ready to start your training to become your very own special speech therapist to correct you to if you are, stand with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy, for your grace, God. And I thank you, Lord, for that grace that allows us to be able to make these, <laughs> these words wrong. And because of your grace, God, I can ask you to forgive me for it. And I can ask you, Lord, to just bind it. God, I pray right now, God, that through the Holy Spirit, God, that you speak to each and every one. And this week, Lord, go with us. Lord, make us conscious. Make us become accountable, Lord, to you and what we say and what we do. God, I pray right now that as people speak this week, that this message will just come back, not because of me, Lord, but because of your word. And it will just prick in their hearts and say, oh, I I was wrong there. I need to change that. I need to change the way I'm talking. I need to quit talking about all the things that are happening in my life and just praise God and thank God because I'm walking in him. God, I just praise you and I thank you for that. But, Lord, I don't like to close a message without giving people, Lord, the opportunity to know you. And there are people here that may be today that says, you know, I heard what you said, but I don't know Jesus. I don't have that strength to be able to do that because I don't have the Holy Spirit or I don't have that salvation message that's inside of me. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus or you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you can have that before you leave here today. And I invite you. I invite you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and close your eyes because you're doing that in secret. God's, God wants you to do things openly and in front of Him. But if you want to be saved this morning, I invite you to come up here. We'll pray with you, show you what it, what it is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you don't have the Holy Spirit and you want to be baptized with that precious Holy Spirit, you can, you can have it today before you leave. You can have that baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I invite you to come. And as our prayer partners come up here, they can lead you to the Lord. They can feel, get you filled with the Holy Spirit. Also, if you need healing in your body, go ahead, Joy. Y'all come. Um, uh, if you need healing in your body or have a need that you need, prayer partners are here to pray with you. Uh, but we're going to be dismissed in prayer. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet, a light into our pathway. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord, for all these people that are here today. God made this day be a day that changes their lives. Lord, may they not just be moved in this moment, but God, may this word have changed their heart. 
to be open, Lord, to changing their lives and changing the way they speak so that, God, your victories and all of your promises will be sure and amen to them. And I just thank you, Lord. Lord, go with us to our homes. Keep a safety around us. No danger or harm should come to us. God, during this time of COVID, I speak a special over this, over this group, Lord. I claim right now that no COVID shall come against this body of believers in the name of Jesus. There will not be any coming. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I bind it from this congregation in the name of Jesus, of which you gave us the power in your word to bind and to lose. And I loose, Lord, health and strength, Lord, right now, and victory in every life that's here today. Go with us, Lord, I pray. Strengthen us with the power of your might. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today.